And welcome into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media, powered by Prize Picks. My name's Evan Marinovsky, alongside the great Mark Diver. Div, what is up? Nothing much. Nothing much. Another weekend of hockey here. A lot of it. A lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were we were just talking off camera. Uh, and so for people who don't know, this weekend, this week is the prep playoffs, and it's a sprint. It's funny. I wish it was a little longer because you could kind of get more content yeah. out of it. It'd be a little more uh, relaxed. But it's one week, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, with Sunday the, the championships for prep being held at Harvard, which is awesome yeah. uh, nearby and everything. So I think you'll be there and I'll definitely be there. So we'll we'll talk about the, the Bruins trade deadline as uh, as the actions happening in front of us. Yeah, so. Sorry, it should be I good. Was distracted for a second. Uh, <laughs> you're getting a text from a source. That's I, you're going to break the news I, I, right I, I, now. I was, you're breaking I the news. <laughs> you're breaking the news right now. So that, that's valid. That's valid. Um, anyways, uh, something big happened on Thursday night. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. The Bruins finally held on to a lead. They didn't go to overtime. Um, they almost. They did blow the lead. People forget they were up yeah, three they nothing. Did. They yeah. did blow the lead. That that, that happened. Uh, but they pulled out a 5-4 win uh, over Vegas. Bruce Cassidy got to flash his Stanley Cup ring. like He was Beyonce putting a ring on it uh, throughout the game, which I thought was just uh, spectacular. Um, but they finally hold the lead. Uh, they get a Morgan Geeky hat trick, which I, I got to no. be honest, I don't think that was on my bingo card. No, none of us saw that coming. Nope. <laughs> Never. Um, but what did you think of the performance? What did you think of them? And and we'll get into their bigger picture stuff in a bit. But what did you think of uh, Thursday night? Well, I, I I thought, you know, the end result really is all that counts, right? Bottom line. Uh, you don't like the way that the leads kept slip, keep slipping away. But uh, I don't know. I think, you know. I think we've uh, you and I have been kind of in agreement on this from day one that this is a team that has holes and uh, lately in trying to hold on to leads, some of those holes have uh, have have come up more often than uh, than maybe uh, the team or the the fan base would would like. Um, But uh, you know the fact that. They're picking up points. There's a lot of teams that would love to pick up the points that the Bruins have been picking up, even though points have been left on the table as well. Uh, they're still they're still way up there in the standings. Um, you know, I, I feel like once the trade deadline is in the rearview mirror, that some guys may be able to settle down and play a little bit better, maybe hopefully. But uh, you know, it's been uh, you know, it's been. I don't want to say it's a rough. It's been a rough ride because that, you know, we've had so, the Bruins have had so much success uh, in recent years that uh, that you know a rough ride is not the right description here. But uh, you know, I think last night was a positive sign. Now they got the Islanders on the road, and they got, I think they got Toronto coming up. Mm-hmm. Those will be interesting tests to see. You know where they at, where they are. Uh, you know against those teams, and uh, and then the trade deadline after that. Yeah, I thought uh, Thursday against Vegas. You know, you get score. You know, Boquist continues to motor. He's been, I think, seven points in seven games. You've got Geeky, who gets the hat trick, uh, which again 
surprised everybody. Uh, I, people didn't realize. I, I think most people thought Pasternak scored that. So when yeah. the I think the Bruins realized they it was a hat trick because they started playing like the hats falling down uh, graphic <laughs> on the on the on the HDX. People were like, "Oh shoot, that that hit more geeky." And he was out there with Pasternak. Um, but then you also get that goal from Lowry, which I think is a good sign. I mean, I know that you know that's a one timer, but. I've liked him on the power play. I think he continues to look like a guy. I mean, we know this. That's his strength. Um, but good to see him get one, especially at the Garden uh, on Thursday. Yeah, I think the power play, that's his, you know, that's his his niche, uh, I think, going forward, is going to be a power play guy. Um, now, he, I thought it was good. He made some mistakes last night. Okay. But overall, the rebound from what, frankly, was not a good performance uh, on Monday night, that was, a, that was a bad game for him. That was tough. Uh, but to bounce back and, you know, have a reasonably good game, not perfect by any means, but, you know, to play well and to, uh, to score the, the winning goal there, uh, you know, good for him. Uh, I do one thing that grinds my gears though a little bit is uh, in social media people calling that a snipe. <laughs> when you go, Crazy you know, snipe. And, you know, and I know that when you put it through the five hole, that is not a snipe. You know, no, never go bar down, go top shelf, whatever. That's a snipe through the through the five hole. No, that's just uh, hey, the goalie probably should have had it. That's what that is. That's exactly what, especially on a one-timer uh, yeah. to the weak side. And yeah. I think that's always kind of, you know, but but he scores and good for him. You know, I think it helps the, with the confidence and everything. I forgot he had three goals on the season. It's been, it was a while in between when he gets sent yeah. down, but when he was up at the beginning of the year, he had a couple goals and I, I'd forgotten about those. And, um, but good to see him get on the score sheet. Um, you know, I think you look at just, they did almost blow it again. <laughs> like, and I think that's where like they did. I agree with you. They did it. And that's what matters. And you get the win it's in regulation. Um, and I guess instead of getting free hockey fans got a really good game. So I think that was like a, a good trade-off for people who spent a lot of money to go to Vegas, Boston. Um, but I still, def you know, there's still, they let teams surge on them. They just, there are a lot of, and I know hockey's a game of ebbs and flows. We all know that. But it feels like with, when other teams start to surge, the Bruins really, really take a backseat. They get very conservative, and they kind of let teams do what they want. And, you know, if you want to be like that late in a game like they were and you want to defend the house and this and that, then great. But, I, you know, like during that second period surge, it's like, man, that that's still there. Yeah, they. it's like they don't have an answer for those, uh, you know. And so what would that answer be? Would you know one thing I think uh it would be is a is a first line center who can get the puck in the defensive zone and find a way to break it out or carry it out himself. And you know, when uh when Patrice Bergeron was in the lineup for twenty years, uh, you could count on that. And now it's other guys and uh it's not happening right now. Uh so, you know, I don't know what the answer is there, uh, short of uh, they should acquire a number one center. Uh, but, um, you know, it's just one of those things. The, 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 the tide starts going against them. They haven't been able to reverse it.
No, I agree with you. Um, as I was watching the game last night, I had this take come to me. It was like a, it was like a, it was like a, the clouds parted, the sunlight <laughs> came through and hit me, of of an idea, not an idea, but something the front office might consider. Because um, the deadline is a week away now. Uh, in one week's time, we will be breaking down what they did, what they didn't do. But there's something came to me as I was watching that Vegas game last night. Uh, and I want to get into it. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in place even if one of your players gets injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you and the rest of your entry stays live. Testing my skills on prize picks this season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $1,000 with just a few taps. Want to pick the number of goals David Pasternak will have in a game? Or the number of shots on goal Brad Marchand might have in a game? Then prize picks is for you. Download the app today and use code CLNS for a first deposit matchup to $100. Again, Download the app today and use code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Now, back to the show. So as rough as the last month has been, as rough as Feb- since the All-Star break, you know, the, the, the blown leads, the lost games in overtime, uh, the close losses... I wonder if, and this isn't inside information, but as we hear more about potentially Linus Olmark getting shopped and the Bruins being potentially in on Noah Hannafin and, and, and guys like that and big moves like that, I wonder if the front office looks at this team being close, being in all these teams. They're not getting blown out. It's not 7-1 losses. It's not even 6-3 losses. They're 4-3 overtime losses. 5-4 shootout. It's, it's close games like that. I wonder if they look at this and say, okay, this roster can do that, but maybe one big forward, a number one center, gets them over the top. Maybe a, a, a top four defenseman like a Noah Hannafin. That's what's get that you know, that's what's preventing us from not finishing out these games. And the more close games they've had in the last month, the more it's kind of hit me on what if that's their approach? Because my my view of it has been, you know, this is a good roster, not a great roster. You don't have a ton of assets. Don't mortgage the future. Get a couple, pe- you know, get some depth pieces. Go yeah. into the playoffs with the goalie tandem, and and I still believe that's what they should do. But I wonder if they continue to have these close games as they've had over the last month. If they're thinking, you know, maybe, uh, you know, a, a, a Noah Hannafin gets us over the top, or Elias Pettersson <laughs> from Vancouver. Maybe that's what is missing. That's what gets us past all these teams and and turns the tide when other teams are surging. Um, do you think that's possible at all? Well, I think that's highly unlikely uh, because I think that the the other holes in the roster or the, just the general makeup of the roster that maybe isn't 
isn't built for playoff hockey, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the, the all out warfare that playoff hockey is, I don't know that Boston has enough to measure up to that. I think if, if they had Milan Lucic in the lineup, well, they'd be one step closer to it, but they don't. Uh, mm-hmm. so I don't know that it's one player, you know, it's the old, the old thing, uh, you know, they're one player away, but the player is Wayne Gretzky, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it would be great. Hannafin would make them a better team, no doubt about it. Does it make them a team that can make a run in the playoffs? Well, maybe it does, but, you know, I would tend to say, no, it doesn't. I, I You know, maybe they win one – maybe they win uh, – they get to the second round with him. Maybe they get past the second round, and then it's a crapshoot going, going from there, but – I don't know what they're going to do, whether that's the, their way of thinking is that Noah Hannafin or, you know, I don't think Pedersen, honestly, I don't think Vancouver no, in any way, shape, or form is going to trade him. But uh, no. um, it's an interesting take, but I, I don't know. I, I think uh, it's it's going to be intriguing to see what they do. You know, do they do they make one big move? Do they make three small moves? I mean, I, I – really uh have no idea what the what the thinking is at this point i did i gotta say though that i did uh at the providence merrimack game last night there were a lot of pro uh scouts and and front office guys there and one of them i talked to a very knowledgeable guy suggested that uh noah hannafin's friend close friendship with charlie Coyle is going to be uh could be a factor in what happens now, you know, I don't know. Who knows, right? I, I think uh, I think that that would be uh, that would be fun if if that were uh, something that factored into it. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what, what other friends Noah has around uh, around the Bruins. Uh, you know, I know he skates with some of those or works out with some of those guys in the summertime. Uh, yeah, he's close close by, but. Uh, the coil Hannafin thing, uh, you know, is uh, it could be interesting. Who who, who knows? Who That's knows? an interesting. So, more, would that be more free agency, or would that be? The well, I think the thing, I think the the thinking is that okay. Uh, he wants to come to Boston. He wants to not just be a a rental, but he wants to sign. And I'm, you know. I'm mostly making this up. So, you know, nobody's telling me that he wants to come to Boston or mm-hmm. that, uh, that he wants to sign a, an extension. But I think uh, it's reasonable to assume that, you know, that that factors into it, that he does want to sign an eight-year contract or a, a long-term mm-hmm. contract. And why wouldn't he want to be in his hometown of, uh, of uh, Boston? So, mm-hmm. you know, I think uh, – those things are certainly a possibility, but I, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't go on, uh, on, on Twitter and shout out that, uh, you know, this is going to happen. And this is why, because who the they're hell best friends, they're best <laughs> friends. Screw the, the, the state taxes that, in Florida, the lack of state taxes yeah. in Florida. Charlie that, Coyle takes precedent. That Weymouth Norwood, uh, thing, you know, we, we, we know, uh, you know, they're practically sister, sister towns, those two. So, uh, you know, who knows? 
there'll be a clause in Noah Hannafin's contract with the Bruins that says he has to come watch one Sebs game a week with me and you. That's that, that's what has to happen. Um, which might not be so fun next year, but that's a different topic for another right. day. Right. Um, that's an interesting point, though, because I think everyone looks at the local connections that Hannafin has, but I think the Coil thing hasn't been brought up yet about them being uh, buddies. Um, so that would be an interesting development um, if he goes to market in the off season, and you know, there's suddenly a bi- there there would be a bidding war for Noah Hannafin, and I guess Charlie Coyle would be like on his doorstep, or maybe he's like Facetiming him or Snapchatting yeah. him or something, pick, being pick like, "Yo, pick him up at the airport, and you know, letting him live in his uh, spare bedroom, you know, all that." Uh, one, uh, so another this this same guy I that I talked with last night. He wasn't saying that uh, the Mar- the uh, Mark Stone trade, that that's what Calgary is going to do. But what if Calgary – remember how little they got in that trade? Little the Senators got from Vegas for Mark Stone? Yes. Yes, yes I do. Uh, you know, what if – who knows? What if it turned out something like that? What if uh, – I don't think – I don't know that Calgary got what it was looking for in the Tanev trade. Mm-hmm. So maybe Craig Conroy is, uh, well, no, no doubt he's trying to, uh, you know, do better, I think, with a, with a Noah Hannafin than he did with Tanev. But, boy, what a – that Mark Stone trade was is kind of an outlier in terms of trades of big-name players, impact players. For a guy that good – who let's face it, captains the the Stanley Cup champions. You know they 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 didn't get much at all for them. You know, a no. couple of players, a second round pick. I mean, I don't know what was going on there. It was oh, here's what it was. So at the 2019 trade deadline, Stone was traded to the Knights along with Tobias Lindbergh in exchange for Eric Brandstrom, Oscar Lindbergh, and a 2020 second round pick. So yeah. if that. If that was a similar deal to what Calgary got for Hannafin this time around, and that's all it took, then it's it's different. But you also have to consider with the Bruins to get Noah Hannafin, you would have to trade off roster dump, pieces. Dump you salary. Dump you got to get rid of money. That's, you got to get rid of money. Yeah. So, uh, but I don't know. It'll be interesting. I want to yeah. get. I want to continue this. I want to talk about potentially dumping salary, and I want to talk about what you think they should do um, at the deadline. Uh, but first, quick word from our friends over at Factor Meals. So uh, we discussed, you know, dumping salary. If you're going to go, if if the Bruins were to go out and get like a Noah Hannafin, right? Um, whether or not it's to dump salary, I think the Jake DeBrusque situation continues to be really interesting. He talked the other day about it, said he is, you know, worried. Um, things I don't think have gone the way he thought they would go. I don't think the team thought it would go this way. Um, and and DeBrusque, we've you and I have discussed DeBrusque a lot, both here and both at rinks. Like we have discussed DeBrusque uh, a ton. Um, what do you see them doing with him? I think they have to trade him. They have to trade him. They can't let him walk and get nothing. They have to get some kind of an asset or assets, uh, ideally, in exchange for him. 
whether it's another guy who's on an expiring uh, deal, oh, like Noah Hannafin, uh, or some something else, or you know, they 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 can't just allow him to walk at the end of the year. I don't think. Uh, now you can say, yeah, well, they can the uh, the cap space they'll they'll get, you know, they can use that to to fill that hole. Well, yeah, that's true, but uh, ideally. Ideally, you would get something for him. Uh, I think you have to do it. I think, um, you know, the inconsistency and all that that, you know, gets uh, gone over and over and over and over again, uh, you know, concerning Jake. You've you got to uh, – I don't think that's going to change. I think that's just the nature of the player. Uh, so I don't think you can let him walk at the end of the year for and, and get nothing in return. So. I, I, it's interesting, you know, mid year, I thought they were the Bruins are going so good. You have, you know, you have to stick it out with the because of the way that they were playing. They were first in, in the NHL and, you know, it's hard to sell off roster pieces when you're that good. Um, but as things have transpired over the last month, I come more to your side where it's like, let's be, let's be real. I mean, it, they, they're not calling this a bridge year. But it is sort of a transitional season where you have younger guys yeah. coming in and out of the lineup, and um, you're seeing what life is like without Bergeron and Krejci still. And you know, it's kind of you're dipping your toe in the water a bit on what this next generation of the team is going to be. Uh, DeBrusque has had a down year. I, I know that the advanced analytics on him are pretty good, and there are nights that and he is defensively responsible, but the production hasn't been there. And that's again, we've said it a thousand times. That's what matters most with Jake DeBrusque. And I do wonder if, you know, at this point, you deal him. Because are you going to, even with all that cap space, are you going to are you gonna lock in with him long-term for a lot of money? It's clear that he probably needs a legitimate number one center or a legit, you know, stable, high-producing center with him. I don't know if that's on the roster right now. Yeah. And I, I just, to fathom in a season like this, letting DeBrusque walk for nothing and not getting anything in return. Because you could also make the case, and Connor Ryan's made this case a bunch, it's viewed as a shakeup trade. If you dealt DeBrusque a one-for-one like one one player swap, if you could yep. find that, right? Like, just to shake the lineup up. Get something for him, whether that piece sticks here or not. It's something different. Um, if that helps you depth-wise up front, depth-wise in back. If it's a you know a struggling player for struggling player uh, type swap, um a Zaka for Hala swap where you're on, un you're understanding that DeBrusque ceiling is higher, but you're going out and getting someone that might be a little more stable in the bottom six. Maybe that is a better move than just letting DeBrusque walk completely uh, for free. But then you have the other side of it where like DeBrusque in the past has been a good postseason performer. Yeah. And there is that potential that he does snap out of it. You see like the game against Edmonton uh, last week where he was dynamite, but then it's that inconsistency that keeps popping up and you can't let, I agree with you. You can't let guys just walk and get nothing for them. Yeah. And I mean, the narrative with him just keeps going on and on with the inconsistency. Uh, yeah. He had that good game in Edmonton. You know, what about, was a Monday night's game? He sails in on a breakaway, I think with, I don't know, in the last few minutes of the game with the game on his stick and the goalie makes a save. And, you know, what if Jake had buried that? What what if he had scored there and the Bruins won without going to overtime? I think maybe it was in overtime. I I forget, but I any, think that was in overtime. Okay. But I could be I could be misremembering it. 
But I mean, <laughs> you know, that's kind of uh, typical of sort of, you know, Jake uh, going along here in a rough year is he, he gets a great chance like that and comes this close to, uh, you know, a positive, uh, what would have been a very positive ending there, and it, and it just didn't happen. So it's uh, it's tough. He's, he's uh, I mean, I like I said, you, you just you can't let him walk for nothing. I, I and get nothing in return. I don't think. Uh, you know, what if? Do you remember a couple of years ago? Now the Bruins weren't in uh, the Rangers weren't in this situation where the Bruins are, but. Do you remember when the Rangers sent a letter to their season ticket holders saying, you know, how could I forget Tim Schaller made him do it. (laughs) What if Bruins management said, you know what? We aren't winning anything this year. We've come to the conclusion that we aren't winning anything this year. We aren't winning the cup this year. So Mm -hmm. we're going to trade Jake. We're going to trade Grizzly. We're going to, we're going to, trade the assets that we have that are on on expiring deals and we're going to build for next year the year after and the year after that how do you think that would that would go over like a lead balloon right (laughs) i don't even think that would get through ownership i never mind the fans of course course it wouldn't there would be wait a minute you're gonna do what you're not we're not gonna get playoff tickets this year are you kidding me there'll be no playoff. we're raising season ticket prices here we can't do this (laughs) But uh, it's just an interesting. Uh, it's that's a very if. interesting idea because I don't think that that's uh, like long term, right? Look at what the the Rangers have done, right? Yeah. The Rangers have, uh, you know, th- they decided to kind of rebuild quickly. Now they did get lucky with getting the first and second overall pick, but those guys have done like not much. <laughs> so it is interesting that they rebuilt and they did not like fully hit on those picks. Um, you guys like Adam Fox and, and, and others yeah. you know, factoring in. But there is an argument to be made, right? Like, let's just play this game. And I said this at the beginning of the year. If they sucked, you know, they did. They would have pieces to trade. DeBrusque, Forbert, Grizzlick, Jan- James Van Riemsdyk. Uh, no. You know no. who's been, you know who's been uh, on my case about Van Riemsdyk? Trading him and getting, like, a lot of assets is Carl Corazzini. Carl, Carl wants to to deal Van Riemsdyk because he's like it's going to get a lot, and I don't think he's wrong. Like I, I like I, I think that a, a playoff contender, if you really were to wave the white flag and say we're going to just play out the rest of the season with the guys we have who are not on expiring deals, and we're going to deal everybody else, and you know we'll see what happens. Probably end up being like third in the Atlantic or something, and being out in the first round. But at any point, a playoff contender would. Love a James Van Riemsdyk, I would think. A reliable veteran who you know is going to produce and can run the net front on the power play and can play with good players. Like, I would think that would get you something. And I think if if they were to do that, and I don't think they do this, by the way. I, I don't think yeah. they do this. But if they did and they found a way to, you know, recoup a bunch of draft picks, make their picks, develop these guys well, I mean, they're kind of in the Rangers spot that the Rangers are in now probably in a year or two. You know, so I think that's I don't think that's that would be received so poorly by fans and ownership. But I think in the long run, that actually might not be the worst idea. Well, I I mean, you know, I think that. uh, Isn't that moment coming at some point? Not this year, maybe, I don't know, next year, the year after. At some point, I think the they're going to have to, uh, I think. They're going to have to bite the bullet and just go through that process that teams 
go through every once in a while. Uh, you know, you don't want it to fall apart to the point where you're like the Buffalo Sabres or or the Detroit Red Wings, who, you know, well, yeah. now are good again. But, geez, how long has it taken? Uh, you know, I read the, the prospect rankings this week. Buffalo's got the number one stable of prospects. They got this guy, and they got this guy, and holy cow, they got this guy. And, yeah, and they're going to miss the playoffs for like the nine millionth year. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> You know, Good on at least they can rank number one in prospects. Right, you know? right. But uh, you know, at some point, it's you know, it's it's going to go the other way for the Bruins, I think, because that's how it usually goes with teams. Uh, and maybe uh, you know, facing reality a little bit here right now might advance the process. I don't know. Uh, but like you say, it's not happening. So uh, they're not going to do it. They're not going to throw in the towel i don't think you know uh so you know there it is it's a it's a it's a pipe dream i guess or a wild uh wild scenario but uh probably not gonna happen no it probably won't but like i'm writing down right now right if you were to say the the future core of the bruins the core players posternock patra coil zaka up front that's assuming marsh you know marshan's older now so it doesn't factor in DeBrusque is probably gone, so that doesn't factor in. Um, I don't think I'm missing anybody uh, in terms of future core, like f- core pillars of the team up front. Um, and if I am, please remind me. On D, McAvoy, Carlo Lindholm, Lowry, and in net Swayman. And yeah. so this is where like it hits with them in terms of, you know, if they were to do, it would be a retool because those guys are yeah. probably all safe. Uh, the, you know, like, I don't think those guys are getting dealt. So you're dealing the outskirts guys, you're recouping picks, you're looking to bolster through that. Um, but at the same time, you can make the case like, is that, you know, maybe adding a number one center changes up that whole core, you know, yeah. maybe yeah. adding a legit number one. And we we're back to where we started at the beginning of the year, we were saying the exact same things at the beginning of the year. Um, so I don't know, but you're right. It's not going to happen. They're not going to do that. They're going to continue to try to compete. The question is, is this core good enough to win a Stanley Cup? Um, let, before we go, what do you think they do at this deadline? If they can't make a swing for the fences trade, like, you know, some, you know, just for the sake of uh, discussion, a deal that starts with DeBrusque, going one way and Hannafin coming this way, uh, then I think they make smaller deals, you know, kind of around the edges, a physical defenseman, maybe another a winger that can, uh, or uh, I'm sorry, a, a face a guy who can win face-offs. That would be nice. In the defensive zone in the last minute of the game or an overtime. <laughs> you know, I think they, they make, uh, you know, trades around the, around the edges like that. Uh, you know, maybe in, who was the guy they got? They they brought in a guy, a big physical defenseman, uh, a couple of years ago, a righty. Uh, I I can't remember his name. Um, it wasn't Tenorti. Tenorti's a lefty. Not Tenorti, no. Uh, who was it? What do you remember? What year? No. What? No, I don't remember what year. What I do remember is that I watched that guy in the American League for years, and he was horrible. <laughs> the truth comes out. 
I think he's still in the league. I, I don't know why I can't remember his name, but uh, was anyway. it was Cassidy? Was Cassidy the coach, or was it yeah. before then? Cassidy was the coach. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I'm I'm, huh. I'm uh, getting off my point here. I think they'll make. I don't think they will make a trade for a guy that that's horrible in the American League, but <laughs> they might. A, a guy, a, you know, a guy on the fringes of, you know, not a, you know, not a top four D, but a guy who can just clear the front of the net, bang bodies, maybe fight a little, uh, you know, maybe if, I'm not suggesting Jeremy, they should make a trade for Jeremy Lozon, who got the wheels beat off him last night in a fight, but that kind of, I did not, I've not seen, I have not seen that fight yet. I gotta go watch that. That kind of guy, you know, uh, I, you know, not him, but somebody along those, uh, those lines. Uh, so I think either the, either the big swing, which I'm hoping for, or uh, smaller deals around the edges that kind of make you marginally better and fill a couple of holes, you know, that you have, uh, I think, uh, you know, something along those lines is probably what'll happen, but who knows, you know, the one thing about the Bruins and Don Sweeney is they, a lot of times in the end, they come up with guys that you never thought that they would trade for. Uh, yeah. Well, so we'll see what they got up their sleeve this time. Uh, I don't know. Um, I would, ass- I feel like I, ass- I assume it's more the route you just mentioned of the guy you've never, you, you weren't thinking of, wasn't on your radar and they're a depth forward and a depth physical defenseman. I would assume that's the route they go. Um, for content purposes and for interest and watchability, I would love for them to go uh, swing for the fences. I think, though, for the good of your assets and what you have, I'd rather keep the 2025 first. Uh, I would rather, you know, keep low rye. Um, and, you know, the Hannafin thing's interesting. I was talking about this with Hags. If you're getting Noah Hannafin, right, and suddenly your top four is Hannafin, McAvoy, Lindholm, and Carlo. Where's Lowry in that mix? Like Lowry, ideally, is going to be a top four defenseman. You hope in the next three years. In that top four, he's not breaking in. So, are you well, dealing Lowry if you get Hannafin? Uh, maybe you are. Uh, I may have mentioned this earlier, you know, earlier in the year, but before Lowry came up, you know the pro scouts that, you know, are in Providence on a regular basis, a couple of them thought that, and were filing reports that rated Lowry as a number five, six defenseman in the NHL. So (laughs) with those four guys ahead of him, presumably, then that's exactly where he is, a five, six. Uh, That's true. But, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't think. I don't think of him as an as an untouchable. You'd like to keep him, uh, I think, given what else they have. But uh, you know, who knows? They may. Uh, you know, no. I'm, I'm not saying that they're going to trade him or that they should trade him. But I'm just saying he shouldn't be untouchable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't. I, I. I can get on board with that. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see what they do. It's a week away. It's coming up quick. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm curious to see, there's already been some fireworks, Tanev going to Dallas, get Labushkin going back to Toronto. I know there's probably going to be more this weekend, uh, and next week as there, as there always is around and this people, time of year. People just trashing Labushkin. 
in the trunk. I know. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't, you know, I'm an eye test guy, right? I'm not looking at any numbers that might say that he's awful, but I don't know. I always kind of liked him, <laughs> you know? I don't remember him that. I don't remember him a ton I, I, from when he was in Toronto. I know he used to always go down when hit. I do remember that. That was a common yeah. theme. Uh, but I don't remember the ins and outs of his of his game. I know he was in Anaheim, obviously, just now. But I mean, I uh, always thought of him as, you know, this guy plays hard. He he, he uses the body, uh, you know, doesn't hesitate. You know, not the worst guy in the world. Uh, but uh, some of the people in Toronto who have watched him a lot more than me seem to think that he just stinks. So <laughs> good luck to them with that, with uh, that project. Another middling defenseman. They love getting like middle tier defensemen at the deadline and hyping them up like they're friggin' Bobby Yeah, they, Orr. they had him once and they thought so much of him they got rid of him, but now they're bringing him back. You know, Bruins acquired John Moore at this trade deadline. That's what's that's what's gonna happen next. Yeah. Um. Anyways, this is always fun. Um. Lots of trade deadline stuff. Uh. What can people look for from you in the next coming week or so? What What do you got going on? Uh. Not a whole lot. Just going to games. Nothing. Uh, nothing really pressing. Uh, you know the New England Hockey Journal thing I'm working on for uh, down the road. You know on one and Duns and Smith, uh, Leonard, Perot, Celebrini. You know what do they do? Are they are they out of here? Or are they coming back for another year? Um, I'm working on that and. Uh, just going to a lot of games. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this weekend. I'm going to the Springfield Providence game tonight. Um, we'll see who shows up. You know, we'll, we'll see, uh, you know, what, what does, Pro, does this trade deadline, does this impact Pro, the Providence Bruins? You know, do they lose guys off their roster? Uh, I don't know. You know, nobody makes a lot of money down here so you know they might want to keep those guys right uh to remind you that, that uh jacob verona of springfield won't be playing tonight because he he's suspended but he's making 5.75 million to play in. <laughs> i was gonna say he's got a big contract yeah he's making that to play in springfield so uh you know things could be worse uh <laughs> it could be oh my god i forgot about that that's a lot of uh, but money. Anyways, yeah, that is a lot of money, especially to be down there. But uh, always fun talking hockey with you. Uh, and yeah, that's Bruins Beat. We're powered by Prize Picks and our good friends as well over at Factor Meals. We will see you next time and have a great rest of your week. Teenage.